you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. All right, we're back. Bruce Stanley. Adam Comer. That's me. <laughs> you better yeah. believe it. You better believe it. That's right. So, yeah, so Bruce, man, we are season two, episode three, and we're in the midst of this Four Pillars mini-series of the, of the podcast. I love it. And, and we just knocked out, uh, last week you heard the first pillar, and it's God's Word. And basically what this is, if you're just joining us, the Four Pillars is kind of a supplemental uh, think practical action points that we teach that coincide with the seven principles curriculum, uh, life or lost and found recovery in Christ, uh, that we teach at S2L recovery. And these things are just practical. They're God's word, their prayer, their good fellowship, their action. And we're going to take one podcast and just knock out each one of these at a time. Uh, and we believe that these four pillars are, if they're practiced on a daily basis, that we're just preparing ourselves for the pressures and for the temptations and the weight that life brings. Uh, but we're always clear. We're not saying that if you, we're not teaching something falsely and we're not teaching something uh, legalistic either. We're not saying that if you do these things, life will be great and there'll never be trouble and you'll get all sorts of money. No, what we are saying, because the Bible really promises that there is trouble coming. We live in a fallen state, a fallen place. But we have these verses, these verses that God gives that tells us that there is this trouble. We have, in this world, you will have trouble. We have verses like, the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. But we thank God because those are just partial verses, right? God finishes those and gives us hope. He says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give life and life abundantly. And so we see, okay, we have trouble, but then we also see this, this theme, God is oh. with us. Yeah, he's with us through it. And so really, that's kind of how the four pillars came down. We talked about God's word. Go listen to season two, episode two uh, from the beginning and, and go with these. I think that you're going to like it. We also talked about how this is a spiritual war, and that's why we do these things. It's not physical. And I gave the example of that kind of... I didn't understand that. Man, I've been in the physical altercations, and God kind of revealed, Adam, why were you in those physical altercations? It was a spiritual reason. It wasn't physical. And so if we can wrap our minds around that, then we're in this process. All right, let's fight. Let's get in the spiritual war. One of those tools we use is God's Word. The next one is today what we're going to talk about, Bruce, is prayer. And, man, I have some scripture, and I have just a, a, an example, a personal example uh, that I'm going to discuss. But the first thing that I think of is James 5.16. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Whew! The prayer of a righteous person? The Bible just said that. Your prayer is powerful and effective. Now, I've had a guy just so be so completely honest. Uh, I said that in class. read this verse in class one time. And he said, Pastor Adam, man, I'm here in rehab. I feel dirty. Things I've done in my life, so shame-filled. I'm not a righteous person, man. My prayers aren't powerful and effective then. And I said, man, that's great. No one has ever said that. And I know, I, I bet people have thought that. And I reminded him, I said, man, remember last week, two weeks ago or whenever it was that you gave your life to Christ? You surrendered to Christ? You know what happened on that day? Scholars, theologians call it the great exchange. It was your sin 
for his righteousness. So it's not your right. Your righteousness is like a filthy rag. It's the righteousness, the imputed righteousness of Christ that makes you righteous. And so the prayer of a righteous man, a believer in Christ is powerful and effective. Man, I think so often a lot of Christians miss that. Prayer is a powerful thing. And we're almost, not almost, if we don't take advantage of this prayer thing, man, we were, we're, we're fools. We're fools when God calls us. The creator of all things says that we can commune with him, communicate with him. Man, that is such a powerful thing, such a powerful thing. And um, the next, the, did you, do you want to add something to that? Because I have another. Well, I've got this whole thing about our relationship with God and why prayer is mm. so important because of the personal relationship God calls us to. If God was uncaring and unpersonal, then prayer would be, for no point. Yeah. Uh, but God is a personal God. God is a loving, caring God. And he's also all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's all-present. And so when we pray, that's what we're connecting with. And that's why it's so uh, effective and useful is because it's the way we communicate with a, 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 an all-powerful, all-knowing God. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, next scripture that really hits me when it comes to prayer is this. Um, do you have your Bible pulled up? I'm gonna, this is going to be a tag team. You got to go for it. Will you, will you turn to Philippians 4 for me. And so Philippians 4, 6 says this. Do not, and, and if you recall on the last one, the last episode I talked about reading God's word and when, you, when I read through things early on, I really had a problem with because I didn't understand. This is another one of those verses that I had a problem with because I didn't fully understand it. It says, do not be anxious about anything. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do not be anxious about anything. Anybody listening, you don't have to raise your hand if you're driving, but have you ever been anxious? You ever had anxiety? Well, my hand's raised, right? I've had anxiety. And so when the Bible says, do not be anxious about anything, then again, I struggled, right? I stopped and thought, it's like, whoa, 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 what do you mean? And then it kind of proceeds to tell us what that means. It says, but in every situation, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. That was one piece of my prayer life that just early on wasn't there. It's Thanksgiving, Thank, being thankful in any situation. Like I, I, I would, I would load up on myself. Woe is me. Oh man, I'm in this worst situation. Man, every situation I've ever been in, I could look and just if I'm honest with myself, be thankful. Man, I'm in rehab. My wife's leaving me. But the reality of that situation is. Hey, Adam, you should be dead. Hey, Adam, you should be in jail. Hey, Adam, best case scenario, you should be homeless under a bridge. That's your best case scenario for the things you've done. And God has you at a lodge in the woods eating three meals a day, learning about him. Hey, that's what you're thankful for today, buddy. Hey, how about just being alive? Yeah. There was so many times I should have died for whatever reason God kept me alive. Maybe it's for what we're doing right now, but uh, that was what I deserved. Yeah, and so so we read this four six, and it's just like, do not be anxious about anything. But in every, so it still didn't really give the answer. Well, what is God going to do through prayer and like that anxiety? I, I see that it's saying, don't do this, but do this, but that doesn't really help me out. That was verse six. Do you have verse seven? What is uh, I do not because I'm already on another verse. I got you. Well, <laughs> verse seven says this. This is the complete. I love it. Verse six. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Okay, there's what I'm supposed to do. What's going to happen if I do that? And the peace of God, 
which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There is this peace that comes from God that surpasses our minds, man. That means that's unexplainable peace. And I have a story about this, man. Right, and I've got another verse that coincides with that. Jesus says, the peace I give, Mm. not what the world gives, do I give. Meaning it's a different kind of peace. And it's this peace you're saying that surpasses understanding. And then what he says after that is he says, uh, neither let your hearts be troubled or afraid. And so this is a kind of peace that, that calms That's good. the anxiety. It calms, it brings you to a, a place of rest and not trouble and not fear. In fact, God says, the spirit I give you is not of timidity and fear, but of power. Yeah. Man, so this peace that surpasses understanding, this peace that comes from God that, that you just described, it's almost like it. Man, science can't explain that. Your psychologist, your counselor, your therapist, they can't explain in a moment of unpeacefulness why you have this peace about you. doesn't mean that you're not whatever, but you have a peace. And I have an example of that, man. And I think I've discussed it on one of the episode 30 episodes in season one, but it's just this so real example for me. And it's in a time of unpeace. It's in a time of tragedy. Um, you know, as pastors and, and working and serving and giving in this field of addiction, man, there is tragedy. And I remember doing two funerals for guys very similar in ages, and they're mid-20s, man, mid-20s. One of the funerals was a guy who had kids. Um, and, man, I remember officiating that funeral, and I had to look over the heads of his kids because if I looked at him, I'd lose it, man. They looked just like him. And his mother was in the church, and she was losing it. And that made sense to me. Mother should never have to bury her child, man. Mother or father should never have to bury their child. But she was losing it, losing it. And I understood that. That that resonated. Man, I get that. And then this other guy, mid-20s, and his mother I know well. And she had a piece about her that I did not understand. That I expected the losing it, right? I expected the mother, but this, this, at this funeral, the mother, she was not happy. She was grieving. She was sad, but she had this peace about her, man. And here, I don't know much about the mother over here that was, that was I, I talked to her a lot, but I don't know much about her. The mother that had the peace, I know very well. She is a godly woman. And here's what I know about her. I don't know if you have you heard the phrase prayer warrior, Bruce? Absolutely. She was a prayer warrior. I'm talking, she would text me. Hey, but she had a closet too. I guarantee it. She would text me. She would call me. Hey, what do you guys need prayer for? I mean, I'm talking about down to like our vehicles. And she would be praying. She would be praying. She would be praying. And so that is the best example I can get when it comes to. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, every situation, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace from God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about prayer, like how you do it. Because I know there's a lot of people out there, and I myself is like, I don't even know how to pray. And, and how am I supposed to approach this? And I think the thing that... As a Christian now, six years that uh, I guess makes me more sad than anything else is uh, when I see people pray, 
and they're praying as it's some kind of sequence or yeah. with this certain kind of reverence or it has to be done in a methodical way uh, as a ritual. You have to say certain words. You can't leave out certain things. Yeah. And that is not what prayer is about. And one, one example I want to give here is in John 17, 1, where Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and then he turns to heaven and he prays. Now, think about that for a minute. Mm. Why would Jesus need to pray? He is God, right? But we know that there's a trinity. There's three persons of God. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that they all are have different roles, but they're all equal to themselves, and they're all one God. So it gives me this idea when Jesus prays that he's not just showing us how to communicate with God, but he himself is communicating with God, the Father. Hmm. And, and so to me, it's like, well, man, that's how we speak to God is we pray. Yeah. And so why would I come to God to speak to him any differently than the way I would speak to you, Adam? Yeah. Other than, man, obviously I have complete more reverence for him yeah. and respect than I do for you. And not that I don't respect <laughs> you, but you know what I'm talking about. And, and I, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, be flippant or comical or, or something that would be disrespectful to God when I'm speaking to him. But why can't I just plainly submit my request to him, talk to him like... I, I remember telling somebody one day, I said, you know, did you, God created every emotion that you have mm. from joy to anger and everything in between. Do you think God's afraid of any of your emotions? He made them. Mm. <clears throat> in fact, God says he's, we're created in his own image, meaning he has the same emotions. So why can't you just confront God with any of your emotions? Yeah. Now, respectfully, I can be angry and come to God in my anger, but righteously approach him as if I know that I'm going to get a response for that that's going to subdue that anger. Yeah. But I can present my frustrations to God. I can say, God, you said, you promised, like, here's this deal, you know, how, why, you know, that God, I mean, you have a son, Adam. Yeah. I have two. I mean, what what do you appreciate and, and find more joy in that your son comes and talks to you? Uh, or that he he hides and he he he's silent. Yeah. And when he talks to you, do you do you require him to speak in a certain way to you, or you just want to be real? You just want to be honest. You, you want to know what he's feeling, right? So, well, my what, son's three. Yours are grown men. Okay. So yeah, I require him but, to speak to me in a certain way. <laughs> okay, but I mean, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know. I, I, and, that's a really good point. Man. And so, prayer, really good point. Prayer, because we have a personal God. Prayer is the way we communicate with God. And yeah, there's there's plenty of scripture that talks about how we pray, what we should do when we pray, what we should expect when we pray, yeah. which is a big one. Um, because when we pray, we're praying to an almighty, all-powerful God, all-knowing God who can do anything. Nothing is beyond his control. That's right. And so when we pray and we make our request to God, we should expect an answer. We should expect that there's going to be something that moves. You know, yeah. uh, John Piper talks about prayer causes things to happen. That's right. And that's what it does. But we also have to take heed in our requests because we can also know that that in James 4, which James 4, I mean, it's got to be one of the most epic chapters in the Bible. If you haven't read James 4, go back and read it because there's a lot of things in there that you hear people quote all the time. And in James 4, which I believe is in... Uh, uh, verse 1, but I could be wrong about that. Well, he basically says, uh, let me 
up here just to make sure I'm not misquoting. It's James 4.3. There, I'm glad I looked at it. He says, um, you ask and you don't receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. Mm. So when we're making requests to God, when we turn to God, which in 2 Corinthians 3.16 it says, you know, uh, when you turn to the Lord, the veil is lifted. Meaning right. you can't see stuff, you don't have any idea, you don't have clarity, but when you turn to the Lord, here comes that peace like you're talking about. When you turn to the Lord, the veil is lifted. Your eyes are open, you see the picture. You know. But when we turn to God and we request things that are of our own desires, our own passions, for our own benefit... Uh, yeah, you, God's not going to answer that prayer because He knows what's best for you. He's not going to give you the things He knows is going to hurt you. Right. He's only going to give you the things He knows are what's best for you. And that's why the first pillar, you know, knowing God's Word, right, so that we can be aligned with God's will and know the things that He desires for us. And we ask those things, and those things are freely given to us. Yeah. Uh, and so That's good context yeah. because there, there, it does say in James, it does say you have not because you ask not. Yeah. And then it rolls to though, are you are you praying inside of the will of God? And because I, I mean, we get guys from all walks of life, all faith backgrounds, very young, very mature, you know, in Christ. And and we have, uh, of course, you know, you got the knuckleheads. Well, I asked for a Ferrari, you know, but it's like, all right, man, let's break this down. And you just did, like, we, you know, are you praying thing for things in the right for the right reason? Let me let me give a story also about prayer, not story, but just an example. I think so often, one thing I've learned, uh, I've learned to give thanks in my prayer, right? And I've learned to shut up. I've learned to be quiet and listen. Because in no other relationship does it work the way a lot of Christians pray. For example, if I were to wake up one morning with my wife and say, Hey, baby. Hey, boo. Hey, girl. Here's my expectations. Here's what I need today. Uh, Would you please... Have dinner ready for me when I get home. Uh, go, I know you work full time job, but you get home before me. Go ahead and uh, have my laundry ready for me, uh, cleaned, folded. Um, make sure the kids are bathed and they're you know looking okay when I get home. If you could do all those things for me today, thank you. And then she starts to talk. No, no, no. Shh, shh, shh. And then I start the car, turn the radio on, go about my day. Da, 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 da. I would get a shoe thrown at me. <laughs> No, 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 don't, don't if respond. you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't respond. No, sh- no, I don't want to hear it. How would that, that's how we pray though. How would, God, thank you for this day. Uh, actually, probably not even that. God, uh, please help me with my this and my that and this and that and this. Those things are fine. Give your, your needs. He asked us to do that. But if that's your relationship, if you're just like, in Jesus' name, amen, turning the radio on, starting your day, buckle your seatbelt on, you're just gone. You never give him another thought. You're, you're not listening. Mm. And I've learned just to be still, right? Pray. All of those things are fine. I'm not saying don't don't plead with God for his help. Don't tell God your needs. Don't tell these things. But there's a there's a time to listen. Absolutely. I think your your example of a relationship between you and your wife is the same that we could talk about here in praying to God. Yeah. If we're always talking but we're not listening. Then how are we how are we really communicating with God? It's it's a one way or it's a two way, and I always like to give this example in a similar way. It's yeah. like man, if you if you had a relationship with someone that you love, and all you ever did was on Sundays pick up the phone and call them, and but you don't listen to anything they say and then you hang point. up and you hang up. I mean, would that relationship last? Would it be 
worth anything? How, how do you think that, that would prosper? But sadly, that's what we do with God. That's what we do with God. Yeah. Or, or it's like before a meal or, or something, and we're not listening. We're just telling, yeah. and we're asking or whatever, and, and we're doing it so infrequently that it's not a relationship. It's just it's one-sided. It's, it, it's, it's not real. And, and like we said, God is a personal God. He wants to communicate with us. So outside of prayer, if we're not finding time to meditate, or even in our prayer, be listening yeah. for a response, then, then we're not having a relationship. We're having an idea about a relationship, and, and it's, it's not true. Here, here's another example. Real quickly, can I do this? Yeah. All right, so my prayer is, and I hear people in, in, the, uh, in the program say this a lot, man, I've prayed, and I've prayed, and I've prayed for God to take this addiction away from me, and why hasn't he done it? Why hasn't he done it? I've prayed it a, a million times. And all I can say to that is I, I also prayed a million times for God to take my addiction away from me, and he never did. And until the day that I prayed this, God saved me from myself. Mm. And it's not the words, right? It was the agenda and the meaning behind it. And God did remove my addiction. That's right. Uh, and it's because of this. Before when I was praying for God to remove my addiction, right, in, in the back of my mind, in my heart, right, I wasn't willing to surrender everything. I was like, God, just take this and then allow me to go do still whatever. And I wasn't even asking him to allow me to do this. It's just like I knew. like, I'm not changing my life. I just want this part to be gone. Yeah. You know? uh, but the day that I got down on my knees and I, be, uh, I fully surrendered, guys, I was like, I know nothing. You're going to have to teach me everything. It saved me from myself. Mm. That's the day he removed the addiction from me. Yeah. Yeah, and, and another way of listening, like all of these pillars and all of the principles even, they tie into each other. So you want to know how to listen. Man, I, I don't meditate. I don't cross my legs and um, that's not me. I can't sit still. Well, you want to know how to listen to God. You you pray to God. You seek him. You you tell him these things. You, you Just like Bruce said, your emotions. But a, a good way to want to know what God's saying back is open up his word. Absolutely. He spoke, and you know how often I will be reading a story that I've read 50 times and are in the Bible, just reading through, you know, a reading plan. I, man, I've read this, but I'm reading through that, and God puts something on my heart that maybe or maybe not has anything to do with what I'm reading, but you know it came from God. Listen. And an listen. answer to prayer. And an answer to prayer. You know, that also happens when, I like to use this word, be observant. Mm. So when we when we're listening, we're also being observant, and so that means that when I am reading the Bible, God can answer my prayer. When I'm speaking with another brother or sister who are godly people, God can answer that prayer through them. It's just, you know, one of the things I like to do when I fast, right, is to obviously I'm praying a lot, I'm reading a lot, but I also make sure that I'm being observant. And one of the ways I do that is I write everything down. So yeah. say it's a three-day fast. Well, for three days, I, I journal everything in, in those three days. I don't care if it's, hey, those two birds just flew side by side and landed on the same branch at the same time. <laughs> I write that stuff down, right? Because I'm training myself to be very observant during yeah. those times because I know God is going to speak to me. I know God is going to answer me in my prayers. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm going to miss it. Mm. And thank God we have a God who will, who will show a hundred signs before we see the one. Yeah. And and so, but if I'm not paying attention, I'm not even going to see the one, right? That's right. And that's just so important. That's right, guys. We, we, 
we could do multiple episodes for an hour long on each of these pillars or the principles, but man, we hope that we've, we've, man, scratched the surface. We hope that we've gotten you, uh, at least interested or at least, um, maybe convicted that you're not doing this. And just like last episode, we want to challenge you take seven days. Now you've heard two. Read God's word and pray for seven days straight without missing a beat and just see how, when temptation comes, when problem comes, is there this protection and this thought when Jesus says, I'm with you to the end of age, when Jesus says, but take heart, I've overcome the world. See if you could feel a difference between when you don't do that and when you do, but Man, that's all the time we have for the prayer. Hey, and I'll just add to that too. And uh, because these episodes are so brief, and we're just scratching the surface on th- these things, man, write to us, yeah. email it to us, um, and and let us know your questions. And we we love to answer some of those sometimes in our episodes. So, oh yeah, whenever we're not in a series or have a special guest, we always go to questions at the end of the episode. So yeah, you'll hear it here at the end. Info at spring the number two life dot net. Shoot us an email. I'd love to hear from you. Guys, that's all the time we have. We love you. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. I'm Don Hawkins, and I once heard Chick-fil-A founder Truett Cathy say, you can tell if a person needs encouragement, check to see if they're breathing. I'd like to invite you to my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You, featuring encouraging guests like Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley, Dan Cathy, the late Dr. Frank Menrith, Josh McDowell, and more. To subscribe to my weekly Encouragement for You podcast, go to lifeaudio.com. That's lifeaudio.com.